God to come shake the foundations. I want to show you something, and I'm going to go this morning into um, in the New Testament over in 2 Timothy in a little bit, but look over in James real quick, chapter 5. You know, it's, it's important this hour that we not grow weary. Say, I'm not going to grow weary. Now, everything's going to happen to cause you to grow weary. And you're going to have to make a choice. You know, David said, I will rejoice in the Lord. And there's an act of your will. There comes a time you say, you know, to your flesh, flesh, you will not grow weary. You're not going to quit. You're not going to stop. You're not going to give up. You're going to stand. You're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I don't know how else you're going to be strong in this hour. Men can only do so much they might encourage you but it's strength comes from above and it's the joy of the lord but look over in uh, james chapter 5 verse 13 he says if anyone among you is suffering let him pray if anyone is cheerful let him sing psalms if anyone among you is sick let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over them anointing him with oil in the name of the lord and what kind of prayer will save the sick the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed sin, he'll be forgiven. And then look down in verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, you know, he, he mentions, though, here, is anyone sick? How many of you would admit America is sick? We need the great physician. And there are many things happening. You know we're not getting the whole story. But we know the end of the story, and that is we need God. We need Jesus. He's the only one that can help our nation. And I was thinking about this this week. Elijah was a man with frailties. He was frailties. He was weak, just like you and me. You ever feel weak? You ever feel like you don't have anything in you to offer? Well, that's exactly how Elijah felt. But he didn't go by his feelings. He prayed. And when he prayed, the heavens opened up. And God moved on his behalf. Now, you know, that word earnestly always seems to trip me up a little bit. Because the word is also in some translations, fervently. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm praying as fervently as I ought to. Anybody else like that? Well, the word shouldn't even be there. Actually, it means just basically a place to prayer where prayer is offered. So it's not so much how you feel. It's not whether you feel the fire or not. But thank God for the times we feel the fire. But the key is that you just make a place for prayer. And your God is the same God that Elijah had. And he'll answer your prayers just like he answered Elijah. Does that make sense? So pray when you're sick, when you don't feel like it and all these things. But anyway, I was, I want to go this morning back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4 because I felt like there was some unfinished business there. I don't know that we've been there here, but 
It was a couple weeks ago. I, you know, they had the tent meetings, and that's the scripture that I opened up on. And I, I was again going back to uh, Psalm chapter 11. Remember when the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And that's when we're to ask of God, you know, for great things. We're to ask of Him for nations. Wouldn't it be just like God when the enemy's coming in with war, famine, pestilence, deceit, the plots of men, trickeries, everything under heaven and in earth, that the Lord would come in and rescue and save nations? He said, ask of me for nations. And so this is the time to ask. But you remember the question that we ask? We didn't ask it. David asked it in Psalm chapter 11. He said, when the foundations are destroyed, the the question is, what can the righteous do? You remember that? And the first thing we said was, see if you remember, what can the righteous do when the foundations of that nation are not only being shaken, they're being destroyed? What can can we do? We can call on our God is what we can do. Because we're the ones that have access to the throne. And that's what we're going to do in this hour. That's what we're going to do next week in western North Carolina. And uh, I hope Brother Fred can make it up the mountain. 98 years old. If he can make it at 98 years old, you know, we can make it in this hour. And, uh, but he has a real commission. My prayer is God don't let him go until he sees what you promise him come to pass. Because that means it's going to happen pretty soon. Especially if you're 98 years old. Well, I was, let me pray and then get in the Word. And I wanted to, I want God to speak. I want Him to speak to me. I want Him to speak through me. I just want Him to speak. Does that make sense? You know, going to church, Shirley and I, when we leave on Sunday mornings, I look at her and I say, well, here we go again. I've taken her to church more than anywhere else, any, anywhere in life, it seems like. We've had a lot of dates, and I've taken her to church over the years. And, um, but it never grows old. But I, I want God to speak. I want to encounter Him. I so appreciate Alan Smith Friday night. He said, now you guys, you come here all the time. You don't realize what's happening here. Sometimes, you know, you, you can lose that freshness if you're there all the time. But uh, there, we really have something special. And if there's anything special here, it's Him. And we want Him. So, Lord, I thank You for this morning. What incredible worship. Thank You for the freedom that is in this place. Lord, thank You that though the nations are raging... The people are plotting vain things. Things are happening. We know it's not like we're being told. Lord, we know that there's the deceit and the trickery, corruption and violence and all these things. But we thank you, God. You're in the midst of your people. And you're a strong and mighty God. And you're mighty to save. And we trust in you completely. And Lord, we thank you that in this hour... You're going to go out of the way in order to make sure your sheep hear your voice. Because another voice we will not follow. We may hear, but we're not going to follow. So we just thank you, God. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see what the Spirit is saying to the church in this day. 
And Lord, let everyone have an encounter with your Son in these next few moments. Lord, change us radically. And those that are watching online, Lord, start something today that will be like a fire that will spread all over the nation. We always believe that, Lord. We're always expecting that. So you said, ask and you'll receive. So we're going to ask and we receive. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd rather believe for big things that sound impossible and foolish to men than you know not believe. And God say, you should have believed me. If you'd have believed me, you'd have seen me do things that you would not have even believed. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I was, um, you go ahead and turn with me to 2 Timothy, and we'll look in chapter 3 and chapter 4. I'm always amazed at the people that show up here. You know, some of them we do invite. We didn't invite the guy that's coming with, you know, part of uh, Lou Engle's ministry. He, he just happened to have an, air, an airplane ticket to get here. I think he was going to visit you guys. And uh, anyway, instead of letting it go to waste, he said, you know, I'm going to be here that weekend. And, and uh, so I said, well, guess what? I'm not going to be here that weekend, so you're here. Sometimes things happen that way. The lady from China who spent six years in a chi- communist Chinese prison camp. We didn't invite her. Someone said, she's in the region. Would you like to have her? Of course. And I just trust God to do that. Just like Friday when Alan Smith spoke. How many of you were here? It was like a now word for the now moment. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you didn't want to be anywhere else because this is God speaking. We don't care who stands up here as long as they have a word from the Lord. And we know if there's strange fire, we'll just put it out quickly. But God has been faithful to send the right fire at the right time. And Last, was it last Friday? I tell you, weeks fly by, but the lady from China. My goodness, what a word she had for us. But I was thinking, you know, Brother Hune was here about three years ago. And I said this last week, but I want to repeat it. It's like when Brother Hune came and he was tortured for his faith, he told us things that were coming. When Sarah Lou was here last Friday night, she told us things that are here. And I felt that deep in my spirit. And I know that this is a time like no other. It's like when Alan said Friday night, he said, you know, people, they call Alan because he's known as having an apostolic voice, very wise man, full of wisdom. And they call him, Alan, what would you do? Alan, what do you think God's... And he's at a loss for words in this hour. He said, I, you know, we've never been this way. I feel that way all the time. How many of you feel that way? I've never been this way before. Our nation has never been this way. Anyone that has all the answers, I wouldn't listen to them that closely, especially if they have all the answers. I only know one that has it all, and he's the one I'm listening for above all. But anyway, the title of this message is Prevailing in Perilous Times. I mean, if you know we're living in perilous times, look over in 2 Timothy in chapter 3 and verse 1, and again, we just, that one verse, we'll look at more of it in a moment, but know this. Now, if the Scripture says know this, that's a good indication that you and I should probably 
know that. Right? Know this. Make sure you know it. Don't just listen. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. But know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Not that they might come. They could come. They will come. Now, you know, there are... I've heard that phrase used. They're prevailing winds. You know, today they're winds of doctrine. How many of you know that? Prevailing wind. I mean, winds of doctrine that are blowing across the earth. False doctrines. Some of them I hear. I say, God, how did they even come up to believe something like that? Things that are absolutely... We would have never even thought were possible. And then they're prevailing economic conditions. Well, that's happening. They're prevailing opinions. Everyone has an opinion. There are a lot of opinions as to what really happened. You know, this past week in Uvalde, Texas. I've been around long enough. I know that what men say is probably didn't happen. Because I'm not a skeptic. I just believe, let God be true and every man a liar. And I've kind of grown into that. How many of you have discovered there's a lot of truth in that statement? And I don't believe what they tell me. I believe what God said. Maybe he's allowing everything to be shaken. So they will just get back to what God said. Thus saith God. And that's where your faith is. And then there are prevailing circumstances and all this. But we've got to be those that prevail in perilous times. Ignoring the perilous times is not going to make anybody prevail. It's going to cause them to be overcome rather than be an overcomer. The book of Revelation is about the overcomers. So pastors better be building overcomers. They better be, because we're going to be held accountable. Now, the word prevail means to gain ascendancy. It means to come out on top. I'd rather come out on top than somewhere down in the bottom. How about you? Would you be the same? It means to have strength superiority, to be dominant, to be triumphant. How many of you know we're to be triumphant? We always triumph in Christ. That's the truth. That's the foundational truth that we stand on. But we know that there are going to be perilous times, things that are not going to make a lot of sense, a lot of questions, and we're going to have to look to the Word of God. And he goes on and describes all these things that are happening. Look in verse 2. Now, here's probably the greatest reason for the perilous times is men will be lovers of themselves. Men will love themselves more than they love God. Self will be exalted in this hour. I really believe that. I know there's a real antichrist. The spirit is in the world. It's always been. But I know there's a degree that self is on the throne that is anti to Christ. It's an anti-Christ spirit when self says, I am God, and sits on the throne of a person's life. And anyway, there's a whole lot to that. But they're going to be lovers of money. Then they came along and said, well, that doesn't really mean, you know, the root of all evil. It means the root of all kinds of evil. And I'm open to all that. But in this hour, it looks like to me, it's the root of all evil. You trace it back somewhere along the way. 
somebody's trying to make a dollar. And they don't care what they have to do to step over you, your children. It doesn't matter. They're the lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Blasphemy is everywhere we look. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. You know, unforgiving. You don't want to be there. How many times are we to forgive those who sin against us? Seven times 70. In other words, we keep forgiving. Don't let unforgiveness come in and build up a stronghold. That will wreck you more than anything. It opens a door to all kinds of demonic. Forgive. Be quick to forgive, right? Quick to forgive. Slanderers. Unreal. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Traitors. Now, you ought to put a circle around that. This nation is filled with traitors. And I really, I don't have much of, I just got a little voice. And there are some in Washington, they're rising up. They just don't give them the time of day. But somebody ought to stand up in their face and say, you are a traitor. You're a traitor. If you believe that, you're a traitor. And if you vote for that, you're really a traitor. Anyway, we got to say it as loud as we can, but that's what the Scripture says. They're going to be traitors. Headstrong, haughty, and then I guess he wants to emphasize lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And verse 5, we don't want to go there, have a form of godliness. How that has to be sickening to the Lord. I mean, you talk, and he talks about to the church of Laodicea, remember, if you're lukewarm, or not that church... That's a different, but even if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. But having a form of godliness, but denying its power. How many of you know that's not going to cut it today? You've got to have the power of God in your life. The stuff that's coming, you know, Sunday School 101 was good, but you've got to have a little more than Sunday School 101. And then he goes on, there are many more things, you know, that those who creep into households, And I think about how they've crept into the household of Americans, and they've sold them the bill of goods, and they'll believe anything you tell them. And they're liars. In fact, he goes on, look at Janice and Jambres. These are those, he names them by name. So sometimes it's okay to name names. So he names Janice and Jambres. These are those that resisted Moses. They're corrupt men, and they resist the truth. And they're disapproved according to God. And then there are many more things, some exciting things like in, in verse 11, persecutions and afflictions. Verse 13, evil men and impostors. You know what the word imposter means? It means a juggler. It means there will be those who will juggle in front of you to get your attention. They'll do things that are really looking pretty fancy. So you'll pay attention while you're not looking at what the other guy's doing under the table. So they're juggling. They're imposters. How many of you know there are a few imposters today? They're they're in the media. They're in the government. They're in the churches. They're in churches. They're imposters, and they're trying to get the attention. 
while they do something behind the scenes. So anyway, it sounds like perilous times to me. The word perilous means ferocious, fierce, danger. Danger. You know, we know these times exist, and we want to try to... I don't know, are you like me? I, you want to warn your children, but at the same time, you want to protect your children. You want them to enjoy life, enjoy family, but at the same time, you've got to have a little warning in there, too. I think that's a lot of the Bible is warning. You know, this I just stumbled across because I woke up one night, and I thought about this. This is the way often messages come, and so I'm thinking about this scripture. And I just find this out. I didn't come up with it. There's nothing new under the sun. But remember Matthew, he talks about how there's a, a, a demoniac. And he's in a tomb naked. And anybody trying to pass by the tomb, the demoniac, well, just showing up naked is enough to run people off. But it sounds like, to me, he's torturing, probably throwing stuff out of the cave, you know, doing some really crazy stuff. Anyway, nobody's hanging around that cave. But Jesus shows up. That tomb, it's a tomb. And Jesus shows up, and the demons inside the demoniac, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? Have you come to torment us before our time? Now, first of all, it's interesting, they knew exactly who he was. And if you have the real thing, they'll know exactly who he is in you. They'll know, they'll know. Who are you? And then it's almost as if they're negotiating with the Lord. Hey, Jesus, don't throw us into the abyss. Throw us into those pigs, the swine. That's always been an amazing story to me. When I was in Israel, they took us to a place. They said, this is the spot where Jesus cast the demons out. And I think back at that, there was no tomb there. I didn't see a tomb no, it was a tourist spot. They were just telling me. But, you know, it makes, you know, it sounds pretty good. Because at that time, I fell for it. I thought, wow, this is it, man. They really, this was. So I wanted to run down the hill just to see what it felt like, you know. And, you know, they ran down the hill and they dove in the water. And... Anyway, now I'm thinking, God, why did those demons, how would you negotiate with demons? He was not negotiating. It was not their time yet. The time was coming. They're going to be thrown into the abyss. They're going to be locked up in the lake of fire. So he throws them in these pigs. These pigs run down, commit suicide. Where did the demons go? It was not their time. Now one day they'll be thrown into that lake. The lake of fire. But until then... They're the ones causing all the perilous, ferocious, fierce. It's the, oh, that's what I'm telling you. The same Greek word for perilous is the word that's found in that text where it speaks of that demoniac who was fierce. Now, there, there are many accounts in the Gospels, but one says extremely fierce, and that's who he was. That's, it's the same word, and that's the times that we're facing. They're dangerous. They're, they're not going to be content being naked. They're naked. 
But they're going to go after everything. I mean, telling you, these demons are going to, they are going to try to wreak havoc because they know they only have a short time. Well, their time will soon come to an end. And I was thinking about all of this stuff. You know, Jesus is the stronger one. And we got to know the stronger one in this hour. Because it's not a normal time. How many of you know? How many of you would admit? There's a lot of the church, it's like they're sound asleep. You try to tell them, hey guys, it's serious. It's serious. I was minding my own business this morning, doing what I do every Sunday morning, and I just happened to... Perry Stone showed up somehow, you know, on my device there. I mean, I was looking through stuff. Changing radio stations or something. I don't know, I must have gone to YouTube. But anyway, Perry Stone shows up, and he was speaking about the days of Noah. And I thought, well, we just spoke about that Friday night. In this, and he had a picture of an ark with a lightning bolt. Looked just like the one Alan used. They must have been on the same page. But anyway, he's talking about the days of Noah and the violence and the blasphemy and the corruption, you know, that was in that day. And I think that that same corruption is here today. Now, there's one more thing about the demoniac. Do you remember Jesus cast out the demons? But he asked, you remember how many demons were in him? What was their name? Legion. 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 I'm just telling you. I don't want to get too much into this, but remember I told you about that book that I read? What is it? The Black Awakening. I would not advise you. I told you, don't read that book. One guy in the congregation did. He asked for the book, and I let him read it. I told him, I told you, don't read it. Not everybody needs to read that. And I didn't want to read it. Have you ever done anything God told you to do you didn't want to do? That's all the time. But in that book, the man that wrote the book, he and his wife recently died. My own opinion is they were murdered. How many of you know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy? He's doing that today. Somebody said, would people murder children? They murder 60 million every day. How, do you know how many people, children have been aborted? I saw someone say the most dangerous place for a child is in the school. Now, that, there's some truth in that. No, the most dangerous place for a child is in the womb. If they get out of the womb, then they get to go to the school. Then if they survive what they want to put in them, then they try to put something in their minds. And anyway, it's hard for children to make it in this hour. And you and I have got to rise up. Now, all these scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we know that evil men are going to increase on the earth. And yet you and I need to increase in our faith and our knowledge of our God. If anyone is among you sick, let him pray. And there are a lot of people that are sick in this hour. Now look back over in chapter 4. And this is what we need to remember in this time What do we do about this hour in which we're living? Trying to check out of the time is not working. How many of you found you can't check out of this time in which you've been called to live? 
You know, you've been to a hotel and you want to check out early. You can't check out here. You can't. Because you wake up, stuff's still going on that you went to bed thinking would not happen in the morning, but it's happening worse in the morning. Have you seen things are growing worse and worse? That's what the Bible said. Evil men and imposters, deceiving and being deceived, and it's rampant. So what are we going to do about it? Well, in chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, there's some answers. First of all, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Now, really, I didn't start with number one there, but I should have started with number one there. We need to remind the world and the church there's coming a day of judgment. There's coming a day when God is going to judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. And those who think they're escaping, you know, they don't, they're living their lives as if there is no God. They will know one day there is a God. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We want to be those who bow and confess before that day. So that on that day, it'll be a rewarding day rather than judgment day. Now, we know there is judgment that begins in the house of God. If you ask me, it's already begun. There's all kinds of things happening in the households of God. But first of all, so I guess we would say, number one, remind the world and the church judgment day is coming. You know, there's some folks right now in America, I wish I could tell them that. Anybody like that? Okay, you're getting away, you're getting away deceiving the people for now. But one day, you're going to stand before the one who is the truth. I wish I could tell them. Maybe, they'll, maybe, maybe this message will pop up in front of them. Because God loves them. It's His will that none should perish. But without repentance, you will perish. And that's what the Scripture says. And then the next thing is, preach the Word. Be rooted, be grounded in the Word of God. The Word of man, you know, will get you about this far. But the Word of God will do what? It'll last forever. Say, last forever. Look back in chapter 3, verse 16 for a few moments. Actually, verse 14. But you must continue. Continue in the things which you've learned, been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. Know those that labor among you. And that from childhood you have known what? The holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's all in Him. And then he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, correct, reproof, correction, instruction, that the man of God may be equipped thoroughly, you know, complete for every good work. Number one, God's Word is inspired. When you read the Word of God, you're reading the God-breathed It is inspired by the Spirit of the living God. It may seem boring at times. Read it anyway. It's God-breathed. Believe what God said about the Word of God. Then it's profitable for teaching, doctrine. you got to be established in the doctrine. you got to be... I'm not just some man's doctrine because that's what nullifies the power of God. But the doctrines founded in the Word of God, you've got to be founded on the truth. 
Everything else is going to be shaken in this hour. And then reproof, correction. How many of you are glad when God gets, you know, there's a little correction that comes along the way? Whom He loves, He disciplines. And the Word of God itself should discipline us, correct us. If you're on the wrong path, don't you want God to speak to you so you get back on the right? Well, read the Word. There's a lot of correction in the Word of God. And then also to equip you for every good work. I, I know the fivefold ministry, Jerry and I were speaking about this earlier. I know the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, all these things. But we also need to be equipping the saints to do those works in various conditions or whatever is going on on planet earth. So it's one thing to teach them what to do, but teach them to do that regardless of the times that they find themselves in, especially in perilous times, because I don't think we're getting out of this. I don't think things are going back the way they used to be. I don't think they're supposed to go back. The church, listen, he's coming for a glorious church. What has been, I mean, I know there have been pockets of the glorious, maybe pockets. But what we're going through now, either you'll be glorious at all or all, or you'll be not at all. Because you're going you're to have to be those that know how to thrive in perilous times. And then next thing, be ready. Whatever may come. He says, preach the word. Be ready. Say, be ready. Be ready in season and out of season. You guys know what that means, right? All times, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, when they want to hear you, and when they throw stones at you, you know if they're for you or against you, you just in season and out of season, you just be ready, you just obey the Spirit of God, obey God, tell them all they need to hear. I want to show you something, look over, we'll come back there, but Acts chapter 20, Acts 20. Here's 2020 vision. How many of you would like 2020 vision? I would. You know, I've noticed at times my vision gets a little better and other times it gets a little worse. Anybody else like that? Sometimes I can't really read the words and then other times I can see them. I don't know why that is. I wish they would stay where I could see them. How many of you wish they would stay where you could see them? Well, guess what? If you can't see them, put something on where you can. Make sure you get to the right place where you can see and where you can hear what God is saying. Don't let the things going on around you distract you, overcome. But this is 2020 vision. Anyway, look in verse, or check Acts 20. He says, you know, in verse 18, from the first day that I came to Asia, what a man I've always lived among you, serving the Lord with humility and then also some tears and trials. How many of you know that's part of following the Lord? There are tears and trials, many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. And then the plotting. There's all kinds of plots. What's new? The enemy's plotting. That's why we're standing on the Word. Verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful to you 
but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Now, I could go ahead and read the rest of that. Basically, Paul knew his destiny. He knew he was going to be bound if he continued on toward Jerusalem. So be it. He wasn't concerned about what was going to happen to him. His purpose was to be faithful in delivering the message that God would give him. And whether it was public or whether it was private. And I believe that's the day in which we're living. There are a lot of pulpits in America that are silent about certain issues. You'd rather not go there. And I tell you, if you don't go there, the people won't know. They won't. That's what this verse says. It says, I kept back nothing that was helpful, that helped you make it along the way, that helped you not fall in the pit, the deception, the plots. And there are a few plots being perpetrated today. And so he proclaimed it publicly and privately. And that's the same way. Now, there's sometimes you have to tell some things private because they're grid. They just can't, they can't, they don't have a grid for what you want to tell them publicly yet. So get them aside and tell them privately. But make sure you're telling people the truth. Be ready. And the only way is to tell people the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth. Does that make sense? You guys know where I'm going. Okay, be watchful. Be watchful. Well, let me back up. Be ready in verse 3 and 4. Go back to that because look what he says in verse 3 and 4. You've got to be ready for whatever comes your way. Verse, it's verse 3, for the time will come. They're not going to endure sound doctrine. But they're going to acquire teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, basically is what it's saying. They'll turn their ears away from the truth, but you be faithful to tell them the truth regardless of what happens. But then the next thing is be watchful. Be sober-minded. Don't be intoxicated with the world system. There is a certain intoxication that comes by just hearing of the things going on in the world. You should be more excited about the things that God is doing among you and in the Word. It's just like I remember years ago, the Lord put in my heart. He said, people will be more excited about the coming of the Lord rather than the Lord that is coming. And that will lead many into great deception. That's what they'll focus on. The coming of the Lord. How He's coming. When He's coming. No. You focus on the Lord that is coming and all these things are going to actually work out pretty well. They're going to work out pretty good. It doesn't mean... You don't pay attention to the signs. I'm not saying that at all. But we got to be watchful. We got to be awake. We got to be alert. And the way to be watchful is keeping your eyes upon Him. Keep your eye lifted above where Christ is, seated at the right hand. I'm so thankful. You know, sometimes I get tired. I want to just go to bed. Anybody ever feel that way? God, I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep. I've been getting up some and I. I don't know how I got this. I know what it was. It was a guy visiting here. He told me. It's something that Sadhu said you should do. And so I've been, I get up sometimes and I'll go and turn the chair in the middle of the night as if God is sitting in the chair. And I sit down and just look. 
and listen. And I have to be honest, sometimes I didn't hear anything. Most of the times, I just said, God, I'm going to bed. I'm getting tired. i got to get up tomorrow, God. You don't have anything to say. The truth is, he's saying. And a lot of times, I don't realize he's saying until I go back to bed. Or when I wake up the next morning, I thought, wow, God, this is what you're saying when you didn't have anything to say? If you, if you say things when I don't think you have anything to say, what are you going to say when you do have something to say? You know what I mean? God is speaking to his people. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He may not always speak on your timetable or the way that you have expected him to speak. But be awake. Not just the opposite is going on in the world, the woke crowd. Just like the devil. Present with the people the opposite of what God is doing. So while the trumpet is saying, awake, awake, the world saying, go woke, go woke. Which basically is to go to sleep. We want to be those that are wide awake. And then endure affliction. Endure, and I could go ahead and go back to this, but it's all in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, the persecutions and afflictions of which I endured, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Is that what it says? So last time I read it, that's what it says. So the problem should come when we're not being persecuted. Did you hear me? I think I shared this. I'll probably share it again down the road because I feel like I need to go back to that subject later on. What I remember was it one of the Wesleys, John Wesley. He went a whole... This is what I read. I heard the story. I hope it's true. It makes a lot of sense, so I'll share it with you. But Wesley went a whole day without being persecuted. Nobody accused him. Nobody slandered him. Nobody threw anything at him. Nobody, whatever. And he thought he had lost the blessing of God. He was somewhere. And he was asking God, God, what's happened? There's been no persecution. Maybe it was over a number of days. I've not heard anything. Nobody said anything about me. And so anyway, he got behind. He got off of his horse. I'm trying to remember the story. Got behind a bush. Yeah, this is it. And he started crying out to God, praying, God, What's happened? There's no persecution. There's no affliction. Lord, have you, don't leave me. And then he said, somebody came by, heard some crazy man in the bushes, and picked up a rock and threw it in the bush and hit John Wesley in the head. I don't know if that's true, but it ought to be. I heard it. God, you got to blame the guy that told me about that if it's not true. But anyway, that got his attention. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm still being persecuted. Some of us just need that, you know, that reminder. That's not that you're outside of the will of God. It's that you're in the will of God. You're right in the middle of the will of God when you suffer and endure affliction. And then the next thing is do the work of an evangelist. You know, Friday night when Alan Smith was here, he shared about the three invitations out of Matthew 22. That's always been a very intriguing chapter in the Bible for me. You know, where Jesus, he issues the invitation. There's some that are too busy. They're doing many things that are more important. They want to bury the dead, bury their father. Things that are really good things. 
But then, you know, that last invitation is to the highways and byways. He says, he says the wedding is now ready. All come to the wedding for it's ready. And Alan was explaining, and I bore witness, this is the day of the third invitation. I was just thinking about that later, and I felt like the Lord added a something to that. It's not only the third invitation, but scripturally, it's in the context, this is the final invitation. We're living in the days of the final invitation. That's why you and I have got to be shouting from the top of our voice. Come unto Him. Listen, all you that are weary and heavy laden, Jesus is the answer. He's the one you're looking for. we got to shout it. we got to do the work of an evangelist. You know, if the demons are doing what they know to do because they know their hour is short, right? Should we not be doing in abundance the things we know to do because there's coming a day of which no man will work? That's what he said. So we've got to be putting the pedal to the metal. Share the gospel with, with people. Stir it up. I pray God will stir up that evangelism in us. That spirit of evangelism. I know there are prophets, apostles, evangelists, and I know they have that gift. But all of us are to do the work of an evangelist. And those that win souls, they're the ones that are what? They're the wise. They're the wise in this hour. So ask God, stir it up. Lord, stir it up in me. Break off the spirit of fear. This is not the time to fear what men will think. Those same men will see you one day and they will say, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you tell me when you saw me going my own way? I don't know how that will work. I know we're not going to be where they are. Maybe it'll be during the judgment day, the judgment seat of Christ. I just know, do the work of an evangelist and then fulfill your ministry. Fulfill the calling on your life. Some of you, you know, you started well and maybe things tripped you up. Well, just get up. Just get up. The, stu- the righteous stumble and they fall seven times, but they rise again. And again, and again, and again. How many of you have seen that to be true? And again, and again, and again. Just get up, God, thank you. If you've called me to forgive those who sin against me, how many times will he forgive us who run to him? And he picks us up. Fulfill what you've been called. And then fight the good fight. I know it's going to take some convincing, but this is a good fight. The fight we're in for the souls of men and women, it's the greatest fight. It's the greatest hour. And we must, we must, there's something must have been that God saw in us to have us alive at this hour in history. We must be some of his prime soldiers. We must be some of those five-star athletes. You must be, I don't know, you may not see yourself that way, but God sees you that way. And when it's God's fight, it's a good fight. And if he's called you to that fight, it's the best fight you could be involved in. And you're not only going to be in that fight, this fight has been rigged. You're a winner in this fight. He's called you to triumph in Christ Jesus. And we're going to see the victory. And then we're to finish the race. 
You know, there are going to be temptations to drop out. I'm just telling you, it's going to come heavily. Quit. Give up. Go back to the old ways. This is not the time to go back to the old ways. It's not the time to retreat. Not the time to take your hand off of the plow. It's definitely not the time to look back. You want to be the salt of the world. You don't want to be come salt like Lot's wife. You want to stay the course. Stay the course. That's, that's part of what, why we come here on Sunday morning. You know, if I do anything, I, I wonder sometimes, God, am I saying anything that you're saying? And I always come to the conclusion, well, if you say what the Word says, you're saying a whole lot of what He's saying. But one thing we want to do, we want to encourage people Stay the course. You can do it. You, listen, you can finish this race. The one in you finished it before you. And greater is he that's in you. He's in you. He's for you. He's with you. You can make it. Finish the race. Stay the course. You'll find that he's faithful if we have nothing else to do on a Sunday. Just say, God is faithful. He's faithful. And then keep the faith. That's how he ends that. Keep the faith. That's what Paul said. I've kept the faith. I know there's going to be a falling away. I know there'll be those who deny the faith. I know Jesus even said, when I return, will I even find faith? I know all these things. And and there are other things he said about faith. Paul spoke about those whose faith was shipwrecked. But, But here Paul said, even in the midst of all this, I've kept the faith. Can I speak over you this morning a prophetic word? You will keep the faith. I don't care what comes. I know we're living in perilous, dangerous, ferocious. Demons are going to start throwing rocks at you if they haven't already. I don't know what that guy was throwing out of the tomb. But it was dangerous to walk by. It's going to be dangerous to walk outside your house. God, if things keep getting, like you said, worse and worse, it's going to be dangerous to go anywhere you've not sent us. So therefore, you better send us. We want to hear your voice. Maybe. I know the, by the Lamb. That's why the last day church is going to follow the Lamb wherever He goes. If you follow the Lamb, you're following the one who has conquered. And you will be where you've called, been called to be. And keep the faith. I declare that over you. I declare it over your children. declare it over your families. declare it over your nation. I declare it over your church. I declare it over the state of North Carolina. There's a remnant that is declared already in advance that Jesus Christ is Lord over the state of North Carolina. It's already settled. We know who our God is. And He is the one we will follow. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. Lord, I pray for those that are watching online. God, I thank You that You've called us to this hour. Lord, I pray You'd stir in every person, in everyone, Lord, a fresh love for the Word of God. For the flesh withers and the flower fades and the man, all of these things are going to pass away. But the word of our God endures forever. 
And I thank you, Lord, if we're standing on that word, on your promise, on your truth, we are standing on solid ground, a firm foundation. And God, I thank you, your truth will prevail. Your word will prevail. And I thank you, you've called us, even in perilous times, to prevail, to be those who overcome and who always triumph in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you'll stir the faith and stir the joy and the expectation in the hearts of your people this morning. And whenever they watch this message, God, I thank you that along with being perilous times, they are times where the remnant will prevail, prevailing times. Because of the greater one and the glorious one and the God of all ages. Hallelujah. Mighty fortress is our God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray right now for people that do not know Jesus. Those that are watching online. God, those that may have walked in this room this day. I pray that today would be the day of salvation. God, I thank you. This is the day. You said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I know that's individual salvation, but I also believe it's national. It's salvation for entire nations because of the context of that chapter. And I pray, God, that multitudes will call upon your name in this hour. And I thank you for Jesus that He is the Son of God, and He lived and He died and He rose from the dead. And you said if we confess Him before men, if we acknowledge Him, if we confess our sin, and Lord, we believe that God has raised His Son from the dead, we shall be saved. And I pray for many right now to be saved in this place and in this hour, Lord. And I just thank you, God, and I just want to pray. I want to leave right now in a prayer, those that are watching online. And if they're not in this room yet, they will be. But I'm telling you, there are those there in this place today. You need a Savior. And just cry out to Him. This is the day of salvation. This is the final invitation. I don't know how long it lasts. I know it's the third invitation. That means if there are three, this is the, this is the final And we're going to issue this invitation. So just say, dear God, just pray this out loud as a reconfirmation to encourage the people watching someone in this room. Say, dear God, I need you. And I believe in Jesus. That he is the son of the living God. That he lived, that he died, and he rose from the dead. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I acknowledge my need of you. I cannot save myself. But the blood of Jesus can. And by faith I repent and I turn from my own way and I turn to you. And I make you my way. From this moment on, I choose to follow Jesus. I make you my Lord and my Savior. By faith, I receive you into my heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of heaven. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name.
And if you prayed that, connect with us and we'll send you some information that we've gathered and we're going to pass out, we believe, to many. I believe for a great harvest in America. How many of you believe that? One more time, guys. I know the devil is pushing the button. I know he's going for broke. I know. I can see him in the back alleys. I see him in their rooms behind the scenes laughing. We got this, guys. We got it. America is done with. They're declaring it. You don't even have to listen very loud. You don't even have to get into their back rooms. They're declaring it openly. Well, I got news. One more time. One more time. There's a mighty army of God that's rising up across this land. And the whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Our nation included. Our nation included. Our nation. The whole earth means the whole earth. Our nation is included. And I thank God for that. Now, we're going to have prayer around the altar. You guys from our prayer team will be gathered. If you need someone to agree with you in prayer, if you ask Jesus into your heart today, maybe you just recommitted your life to him, come and share. Say, man, just pray with me. Maybe there's a physical need. You know, there's a sickness. We've seen miracles. Joe shared a miracle last week that was amazing, astounding. It was astounding. How's that finger doing? He's, look, 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 it's pretty cool. Our God is a good God. He cares about fingers. He cares about fingers. Nothing is impossible with our God. These are the most glorious times. So anyways, let's stand. You guys come for prayer. I just want to pray a blessing over you on this Memorial Day. And, and then you'll be with family, some of you. And, but come for prayer and leave with having things happen. God bless the people. Thank you for this wonderful morning. God, all the visitors today, Lord, from all over, Lord, thank you for them. God, I speak blessing on their home, their family, their travel. God, I thank you. They'll have more than enough to do the will of God. I thank you. You are Jehovah Jireh, their provider, and that you are going to show yourself faithful in this hour to the people who who know you by your name. And I bless them, Lord. I just pray, God, righteousness reign on them. Peace prevail in their hearts. I bind up every storm that is sent from hell to direct, direct and just bring about all kinds of worry and discomfort and discouragement. I break it off of them in Jesus' name. I bind every assignment of darkness, every demonic curse and sickness, We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. The power of the blood. Thank you, Lord.